Hello, and thank you for joining us for another exciting episode of Folks Unfettered. I'm your host, Gene Folks. I'm that brother of light. I'm the wisdom in your left ear and the knowledge in your right. We have a different kind of show. It's election season. And if you haven't gotten out to vote, I encourage you to go out and drop in your ballot and vote for the candidate that has your best interest at heart. I don't care how you vote, just vote. So in this episode, we are excited to have as our guest, comedian and satirist, Lauren Lagodesi. You can find her at www.laurenlogi.com. So we're gonna jump right into this episode with Lauren. And at the end of it, you're uh, going to have a special treat as Lauren raps, um, impersonating uh, Melania Trump. So let's go ahead and, and join us for our um, comedic political episode. Well, hello, Lauren. How are you? Hello. How's it going? Oh, it's going fantastic. So thank you for uh, joining us on this episode of Folks Unfettered. Uh, ah, I'm your host. Nice to be here. Yeah. It's nice to be here. Nice to have you here, actually. So um, I guess... Uh, how I'd like to get started is just tell us a little bit about yourself and, and where you are in the journey. Uh, we had a chance to read your bio and um, uh, some interesting questions there, I think, in this political uh, season that is nice to add a little levity uh, to the seriousness from both sides. So uh, I came across um, some of your work uh, online, and I figure you just give a chance uh, for our listeners to learn a little bit more about you and um, how, where and how they can find you. Great. Well, you know, my mission is to open up the hearts and minds of people through laughter. And that's what I do every time I step on stage, every time I post a video. Um, that's what I'm trying to do. And so I am creating a lot of characters in that vein. I have over 15 characters from mm -hmm. an Italian grandma who reviews Game of Thrones back when that was going on um, <laughs> to a the manager of the Park Slope Food Co-op who's <laughs> very eccentric and very funny um, to Melania Trump is, is an impersonation. I also, and I also do Mary Poppins as well. Those are my two celebrity impersonations. Which Mary uh, Poppins uh, is one of my all-time iconic favorite characters. Most listeners don't know that uh, that's my favorite movie. Yes. <laughs> so tell us about that impersonation before yeah. we get into uh, Well, you love her even much if you get to be her. Oh my God. She's so <laughs> balanced. I love mm -hmm. like, um, she gets mad at things. Like if she has, if she, someone annoys her, she'll be mad and then she'll let it go. And that is so nice. Isn't that nice? Mm -hmm. like what if, maybe we should all be Mary Poppins. We need Mary right. Poppins back in this country, I think. Exactly, right. So she actually handles um, disagreement with a little bit of a spoonful of sugar, I guess, which is, Absolutely. which right, maybe we need some stability. Uh, back Meaning she doesn't hold any grudges. She's pretty, like she can say something and then she can go, she doesn't let people move her off balance. She sees something that's wrong and she can call it out and she's goes back to neutral and that's pretty mm -hmm. fun to play. Hmm. Interesting. So how you mentioned your Italian grandmother, um, how has 
your the women um, in your Italian family impacted your comedy? Well, I didn't look like people I grew up around. And so feeling very different made me have an outsider perspective. Mm -hmm. And so I looked at everyone and around me and saw the dynamics of their interactions. <laughs> and then that eventually manifested itself into Carmela. And then her sister Rosa as well. <laughs> That's funny. You've had a lot of... Um really nice reviews um some of your viewers uh, have called you clever and hilarious so did you bring um the most authentic versions of melania trump um known as melania trump known to melania trump yeah right, right. and also you uh authored a book um is that right tell us a little bit about that yeah so i it's called inside melania what i know about melania trump by impersonating her mm -hmm. and this came about because we, when I do a character, I, I there's this thing that I didn't realize before I started on this journey, you say, is that there's an impersonation, which means someone who basically just copies the, and tries to be that exact person in mm -hmm. everything from the way they looked and talk and walk. Then there's an impression, which is more someone like Dana Carvey, just kind of, you know, playing the church lady off the wall. It's not supposed to be exactly like the person, just a hint of. And sure. so, and it, that's more, they have more of a pointed comedic perspective. And so what I'm doing is I have a pointed comedic perspective and I'm also trying to inhabit the person as much as I can. So mm -hmm. when you inhabit someone as an actor, that's more of my actor muscle there, you get to know them. And so people would ask me, what do you know about her? <laughs> we maybe don't know. And so I sat down and wrote all of that down and then used that as jumping off points for humor essays. So it's a combination of both uh, me telling you what I know and mm -hmm. then also writing, using it as jumping off points to write things like gr reimagining Grimm's fairy tales or imagining what her TikTok profile would look like. like <laughs> it should be interesting. Um, and as an actor, I know you have to do a, a, a character study. And so I'll follow up with the question that you probably get asked the most. What have you learned about Lania Trump <laughs> from what we've seen uh, in the public? Is there anything that you believe that we've missed? A lot of things are, that are coming to light now basically just have proven everything I've written over a year ago. Mm -hmm. I I think she's not a lot different than Donald. She just manifests it in a different way. Mm -hmm. Donald is the last person she wants to know that she's like him because she uses it. <laughs> <laughs> she's no, she's definitely no dummy, but she doesn't mind playing one for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So she, um, you know, she's, there's no, like she has basically, there's a reason why she has stayed Donald's longest relationship. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. And so, you know, she's she's cunning. She she is I don't believe she really cares about being first lady. She she's narcissistic. She doesn't mm -hmm. believe can't believe that people would just give her credit for all sorts of things that aren't really anything. Um mm -hmm. she just wants adulation and if you don't give it to her, there's something wrong with you. Mm -hmm. um, right. That's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so we so, kind of use that um, as for uh, my tick my TikTok and Instagram parody page at Flotus Official. We have a lot of fun with that. 
Um, mm -hmm. And we have Melania, we were gonna, supposed to during COVID tour the Melania Trump Roadshow, get out the vote and get me out of the White House of garbage. And <laughs> it was a satirical ride into Melania wanting to get out of the White House, not because she cares, but because she wants to go back to Trump Tower and close the door forever. So <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. That's funny. And now where, where can, um, and I want to give a plug for you. So where can our listeners find you? Um, I know you've got uh, laurenlogie.com. Uh, yep. Uh, give us your link to your uh, TikTok and your Twitter account yeah. and we're you gonna know, talk I about Christmas really at some point. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I keep it super simple. So it's Lauren Logi, Lauren L O G I mm -hmm. everywhere. That's how you get my website, Laurenlogi.com, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Lauren Logi, and um Float is official. Now if you want the book, uh, the easiest way is to go to insidemelania.com. Wow. Now your work your work has uh, gathered um quite a bit of attention. I mean, you've been featured in the New York Times. BBC America. I'm familiar with BBC myself. Uh -huh. Bus Magazine, McSweeney's Internet Tendency, Hyperallergic, uh, La Voce di New York, among some others. Um, uh, so you seem to be an authority on um, FLOTUS. What do you think after, let's just say that her husband is not reelected, what do you think her next, because you called her cunning? So what do you think she'll do after that? You know, historically, the first ladies have had some cause that they have championed. Um, I know hers, ironically, was um, anti-bullying. <laughs> it was be best, it was called. Be best. Be best, be best right. Because I am the best of the best, always. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> it is, whatever it is. Oh, I, you know, I so wanted to have this conversation with you in full Melania uh, mode. Uh. I've done it before. Just <laughs> well, it's more about you and how you embody that person. And like you said, it's more than just an impersonation. So, uh, from what you've seen, what do you think? What do you think her next move would be if, if um, our current president is not reelected? Oh, I think she'd all be happy as a clam. She'd go back to Trump Tower. They'd go back to seeing each other twice a month. I mean, <laughs> yes. Celebrate good times. Come on. She would be dancing in the street. Oh my God. Because oh it was kind of right? That she didn't want to move into the White House, that she wanted to stay at Trump Tower in New York. That that seemed to be kind of odd, right? Allegedly, well, they gave the excuse of Baron, but I think the, the allegedly, according to a book that came out, that she used it as a leverage to renegotiate her prenup because Donald's are notoriously terrible, which this is so classic Melania. That's exactly what I'm saying. She's like, that's a Donald's move. I have mm. leverage. I'm going to use it against you. Mm -hmm. Right. That's right. I mean, but she do. Oh no, Donald, I can't come. I just want to, I now my life changed so much. I need to look over a few things. You always say, make a good deal. Donald. <laughs> So I guess the, the question is, <laughs> which I think it's great. And I'm, I think that's actually excellent. More power to her. She's right. in a situation. She's got. I mean, what is she going to do? She's like, but Donald doesn't mind bankrupting his ex-wives. He has no problem mm, doing that. So no, exactly. you got to protect yourself. She knows what she got into. She knows. Right, right. And that leads to the next question. I mean, why do you think you know they have a 
somewhat of a significant age difference. Why do you think she married the guy in the first place? Uh, Ooh, Ooh I have a lot of reasons for that. Okay, I have. <laughs> you know how many reasons I have? Do you know how many reasons I have? Oh, three point one billion. That's what I have. <laughs> yeah, he's actually said that himself. <laughs> Yeah. He's actually, yeah, he's oh, actually he knows. He's, he made a joke at some some reception about some funeral. Like, oh my God, this widow is so upset. It was a at a funeral. This widow was so upset. I know Melania wouldn't be that upset. He's like, <laughs> he's pretty clear. I think they're both pretty clear on where what it is on where they are, right? And yeah, and, and their relationship. So um, now I know other than which we'll come back to Melania. I know that I I call some of your videos online. You do this Christmas. Um, you have this Christmas video. Well, what's what's that about? Ah, oh, you mean you log with friends? Yes, you log with friends. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you log with friends. Um, I the, you know those you log videos where people kind of sippy. There were they might have a cat before a fireplace. Mm -hmm. Or and so there were several people doing it, and I was like, ooh, what if I put my characters in front of them? So. Then I experimented. We did a whole very long day shoot where I did 20 minutes. Each character had an, their own arc and something is going on in front of the fireplace and, and it's a wordless thing. They're not speaking. It's like you get to see people alone in a private moment. Mm -hmm. And it is really weird and has touched people in a way I could never expected. Um, because people are so lonely. And I think now, like as soon as the election's over, I'm going to start pushing this because pushing it again, because mm -hmm. it's never been more important to have someone in the room. I actually came up with the idea when I was working for, I was doing a B job home a lot and it was, it's online and I was just alone so much. I wanted someone in the room with me. So mm -hmm. I would put these fireplace videos. At least I felt like a cat was in the room. <laughs> it felt a little better. <laughs> right, right. right. I mean, right. we all need, like, because we're all starved for connection mm -hmm. and she's like more than ever before. So um, that was like the point is to, to try to bring like pure human experience, like a being in the room with you. And so that was my attempt. Um, you can go to youlogwithfriends.com or you can get to it on my website. There'll be links to it. But um, yeah, it's, and it's on, obviously on YouTube as well. And so, and so each new character I've been just, like, I just did one, a new character I'm doing is Ivanka Trump. So I just, um, I was in a location shooting something with a fireplace. I was like, let's do a U-log. And I'm like, let's mm -hmm. press record. That's interesting. That. So, um, because it's timely, right? Because mm -hmm. you make a very good point is that now that we are in this state of, you know, a virtual world, if you will, um, people are finding it very, very difficult to connect. Yeah. And so it's, it's hard to sort of infer, I can imagine, cause you do stand up comedy as well. It would be hard to connect with the audience in, um, in, in the same way, virtually in the same way that you would connect with an audience, um, in, you know, in real life, IRL, right. In that way. So how are you overcoming that barrier, I think you'll time uh, you'll log with friends is a really good way of doing that. But are you looking to expand that to try to make it more of a connection? Because yeah. it seems we're well, going to be with friend, Yeah, you log with friends is something I did uh, a few years ago. Actually, it's just something that I keep adding to it, and it's uh, become more more relevant than ever. So, um, 
Zoom shows aren't the same. It's just never mm-hmm. the same. So mm-hmm. we're actually doing a radio show, which I'm really excited about because um, because <coughs> we're doing it on Sunday. It's a two-hour radio show at WCGO in Chicago. And what's so great about it is that it's not meant to be live. Like Zoom shows is like, here's a replacement for live. Whereas like doing radio means nothing's missing. It's only supposed mm-hmm. to be heard. Mm-hmm. And that's how we're doing it. We're going back to things that traditionally aren't meant to be seen to communicate that way. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of a return to the early days of entertainment when, when if, the, if I understand you right, where there was, you know, just radio and most of the stories that we got were coming from radio. And then we had the invention of the television and then we still sort of had, so it's just changing the, distribution channel by which we receive our content well it's creating a creating a long in a channel that's meant to be consumed in a certain way so it's um so it's creating for radio so we're we're gonna Mm -hmm. experiment we're gonna see how it goes we're doing that on sunday we have a bunch of guests coming and you know it should be really cool that's Um, that's, that's how we're doing we're experimenting with different ways to do it because just doing zoom shows isn't gonna work right right yeah, I know. I know there's some some platforms where they're trying to sort of deepen those connections that you would get through, you know, uh, human contact. Now, you mentioned something that I want to touch on. So you have a new character, you said, Ivanka Trump. What inspired you to spin off from her stepmother into Ivanka? What what was intriguing about her that made you want to step fill in, fill in her shoes, I guess? Uh, you know, if I may say. well uh, okay there's always like a deeper reason why i go into every character every character like makes me deal with look at something and Mm -hmm. right now ivanka it's her daddy issues Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i think i'm dealing with a relationship with her dad and thinking about that Mm -hmm. yeah but really it's because also because it's there's so much to say and no one's Mm -hmm. covering her Right, right. I actually think she's the smartest of his children, right? Or, or at least the most um, cunning, yes. um, if, if you will. Um, she knows when to be silent, and then she also knows when to uh, speak. And then when she does, she's very, um, her speak is very, her speech is very measured, right? In that Ooh, sense, yeah. right? So yeah. she's very pointed in her conversation. She knows how to um, inflect the right emotion kind of like she's donald trump's daughter but then she distances herself because it seems like she has her own uh agenda do you find that to be um what uh what you feel emanates from her i'm still working i'm still working out the character of it um Mm. for now i would say correct 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 like i agree with what you're saying and Mm -hmm. so measured when she speaks wow Mm-hmm. What media training, right? Um, and distancing herself when convenient. Mm-hmm. She's trying to, yeah. I think just open the door for her to be in politics, and you. She's just like a master of media manipulation. Mm-hmm. And because she, and the other thing is, she's always hesitant to be around Donald because her whole socialite life is now in tatters because no mm-hmm. one ever talked to her again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I should say no I- one. I want to say the masses will not talk the mass of that of that socialite group are not going to talk to her Mm -hmm. you mean her core socialite group because of like like this new york life like her being invited to the met gala is not happening again that's over right 
Right. Yeah. Because of her father's political stance or because of. And her involvement um, in his administration. Yeah. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. She's Do you involved. find that to be odd? Yeah, no, I know. I know. I was just going to lead to that. It's interesting. You're, you're a step ahead of me, which is okay. Um, isn't it interesting though, that he has his children involved, right? Um, and her husband, uh, Jared, uh, Kushner, mm-hmm. um, there's been some things that have been revealed, um, about him with, with seemingly no, um, it, it seems like they're cutting their political teeth without having, you know, prior experience. Um, is, is, is that a fair assessment? And, and, and as you sort of, uh, um, work to get a deeper understanding of Melania and now you're putting together this sort of profile on Ivanka, um, would that be an accurate assessment of, of what you're discovering? Well, he's a narcissist. So Mm. anything that has his name on it is more valuable. So of course Mm -hmm. he's going to want like people he in his circle, like his, his daughter, his sons to come work for him and be involved. Of course, because that's what he believed. Like they must, they are the best, you know, Mm -hmm. Jared bought his way. His parents bought his way into Harvard. He was not qualified, Mm -hmm. but that seems to run in the family, right? (laughs) Yeah. 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 Consider Donald has, they say they, they allege Donald has somebody take his SATs for him, at least uh, his niece and sister. Right. Yeah. Michelle said something in her documentary, like when she was at school, Michelle Obama, when she was at her call at Princeton, I believe she went. Mm-hmm. I can't remember, but she was like, you know, that was like their, you know, so-and-so knows someone, so-and-so donated. It's like their own form of affirmative action that they don't <laughs> right, recognize. Right, right, right. <laughs> That's actually pretty funny. So let's say in 12 days that um, we no longer have uh, uh, Melania Trump as as the first lady. How is that going to impact, or if it is going to impact your um, uh, your uh, impersonation of her? Well, the plan is to have the Melania Trump apology tour. <laughs> okay, what does that look like? <laughs> well, <laughs> not to give away the store, but that's that's pretty um, funny. It would essentially be like a like let's heal from this, mm-hmm. but laugh. <laughs> So right. hard. Right. That's <laughs> Melania's uh, apology tour. That's pretty interesting. And we're um, excited about that because we think we can do that one, perhaps, depending on the, the content. Right. We might be able to do that internationally where the voting pep, like the voting pep rally we're doing on Sunday and, and the, mm. um, the, the Melania Trump Rojo, get out the vote. That's, a, that's so American. That's like really mm. needs to be done here. Whereas the apology to our and obviously like performing internationally is like always so fun. So sure, yeah. absolutely. So so we've talked about your characters. Tell us something. Um, and I am sure you get these questions all the time, but but tell us something about you as a person. Um, I know you were inspired by the women in your family, um, but um, what what led you to comedy? Were you a comedian kid? Um, was it you know? Was it you know? Was it just the way you look at life? Um, tell yeah. us tell us more about Lauren. Like what, yeah. what what makes Lauren who she is? Well, I think being an outsider was one of the 
I've always kind of been on the margins and in between things. And mm -hmm. I think that makes me just always looking at things from kind of an outside perspective, meaning like, like I was part of the Park Slope Food Co-op and, mm, okay. and I would watch all of these like people militantly organizing produce and would be like, this is amazing. And I just wanted to, uh, and then I thought of like, who would be a care? And then I just, you know, saw that. Guy. So just everywhere I go, I'm just kind of like, like watching from the outside. Right. And I think that informed my ability to do characters. I never thought I could do, and I wasn't doing them at first on comedy stages because I didn't think that was available to me. Right. were open for me and especially stand-up i went to stand-up shows and always felt really bad afterwards and they would mm -hmm. like like make fun of the most obvious thing this was a lot of like put down comedy like like oh wow you called someone fat like that's not that is could be funny sure it's not how i want to make people feel mm -hmm. and it was always the same profile of straight white guy on the stage and it was just not something I just was like, I, I this is, can't be something I can do. And then I had a few people and mentors tell me, like, be like, you could do this. Like you can't and show me like there's all these alternative comedians and you could be one of them. And so that's that's where I started. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's interesting. So um, <laughs> got a funny question for you. I, I think you can handle it. Um, uh, so as you look, uh, let's just pretend, you know, we've got all these problems that are facing us in our nation right now, right? Um, you know, from the economy to the pandemic to, you know, small businesses, we have all these things. Um, imagine you were from Mars and they recruited you <laughs> to advise either, you know, the current administration, if they're reelected, or the new administration. How would you tell them to uh, solve these problems um like how would i what would i tell the aliens like what would you No, you're actually the alien you're actually from mars and so you're oh. looking at our political arena oh my God. and you come down to earth for you know for a vacation and and we're actually faced with all yeah. the, they're actually recruiting you to say hey we've got these problems help us help us yeah. you know, solve them so you're a martian coming to earth going you know, you get pulled in either by yeah. the Trump or by the new administration. They're saying, "Help us solve these problems." How would you? How would you feel about that? As you I see them? Yeah, I don't think Donald thinks that he has any need for a help of mm -hmm. any kind. He's. I don't think. I think he believes he's got it fairly squared away. <laughs> right. My Donald just needs a few more four years, then the, he'll get rid of term limits and then be there forever. So. We'll put them in cryogenic pod. So, <laughs> we will freeze his brain. So I just don't think they need, they don't want my help. They don't want aliens help. Oh, right. but maybe, maybe Donald want to put a hotel on the Mars. Right. So, so he would sell us out to Mars so he could put up, uh, he'd be the first one putting uh, uh, Trump Hotel Mars up there or at least license his name to it. So, yeah. uh, or maybe Martian bank account at some point. That's actually, that's actually pretty funny. Um, he want to get there before he began get before before the that other guy. He want to get him there first to be number one. I conquer. Then he colonized. He want to colonize. Right. Too. 
when it colonized. That's pretty funny. So what do you think about how, how, uh, let's, let's get your take on, um, you know, when Donald was running for, you know, uh, election initially, he was, you know, he and Melania were coming down the escalator, right. And all their grandiosity. Um, what, how do you think he's, how effective do you think he's been at draining the swamp? <laughs> I mean, I think he just made a swamp. I think he made his own swamp and put like some, some of his glitter on it. You know, that gold, he, he made everything gold lame, right, make everything right. tackier than ever. Right. Right. He drained the so swamp and then he invited white supremacists to guard it. I mean, <laughs> What he invited, he's like, oh, I will drain, I mean, I'm going to drain the swamp and then I'm going to be the dictator of this. He is the dictator of the swamp. <laughs> and they have all those people with the, the Nazi insignia inscribed, inscribed into their chest. <laughs> so if, if you were, uh, so if you, I'm sorry, actually, you are actually really funny. So so if you were, how would you run your political campaign against, against Donald Trump? How would you, how would you, how would you approach Donald Trump with his um, uh, testaments of uh, fake news and his dog whistling? Um, even though he's been asked the question a million times, he has yet to definitively um, uh uh, deny, you know, uh, white supremacy or renounce white supremacy. Uh, so if you were running a campaign right now, what would that look like? It's you and Donald. Well, I'm not a politician, a luckily. So no, this, these answers don't matter. I know. Well, let's, let's ask Melania what she would do if she was, right. if she was uh, running a campaign against Donald. Um, well, for one, I would just get bullhorn for a debate. I pull it out <laughs> when he won't close his microphone. Oh, no. And also I get the other thing. When the debate stays, thing I will make Elon Musk make for me that will make him when he talks out of turn I will just either inter interval between giving him a nice sharp buzz like a dog collar and also turning off his microphone it's oh, actually funny now I know we have the big debate uh, come up tonight between uh, Biden and, and Trump um, is, is that something you're going to watch? Like, like, I, I, I know you do your home, your research, but does, does, uh, it does every time Donald get on television, that gives you just more material? Like, you know, how would Melania react to that? Man, I um, try to minimize my exposure. To okay. that. So, but tonight I'm on doing a debate watch party. I have an, I have a pretty good community on Instagram and we, mm -hmm do Instagram lives on Monday nights, kind of like a community gathering for us mm -hmm. artsy weirdos. And so we're going to do a debate watch party tonight. Mm -hmm. And that's wow. how I deal with it. It's, it's doing things in community. That's really important. We need community right now. And so we can kind of make fun of it. Look, we know what's going to happen. I, I mean, we know what's going to happen. Right, right, right. Donald's no, going to be screaming. He's <laughs> trying to get a word in. Right. Maybe right. like like dabbing at his facelift, which mm. <laughs> I like Biden, but he got stretched back. No, I I do respect Biden in all of American politics. He his facelift is the most bold and daring. 
that's just I expect to laugh halfway through this. But I love actually... this. No, I love. I mean, I mean, I don't get the. I don't get to be on stage with to hear the laugh. So this is lovely. So thank you. Oh, this is absolutely hilarious to me because it's you know you really have provided levity though um, to you know this political season, um, and I, I can't imagine. Um, um, what your fans must be seeing. What's some of the feedback that you've gotten from your tribe, as you call them? Mm -hmm. Well, I definitely feel like they, um, I, I get told that you give me some light and laughter in these very dark times. And that mm -hmm. makes me happy. That's, that's the point. Um, so that's, that's, that's what I hear from them. And that's what I keep giving them and think of how can I help the people that follow me because they're the ones that matter mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. you know there's other people are noise but the people that are supporting me like that i do it for them mm -hmm. and, and how are you um because i know I, I got on your email and you sent out almost like a mental health wellness check to say hey here's how we're su surviving the you know the pandemic um, and you gave some tips on that. Talk a little bit about that. What inspired you to do that? Because I found it to be very calming and it felt like a connection, right? That somebody um, actually, you know, cared because I think yeah. I subscribed to your yeah. channels. Well, so, well, the way I talk to people in my email <clears throat> list, which you can join at laurenlogi.com. I mean, I feel like they're my community. Like I, I write to them, I, as I would not write to people on social, I don't feel like I do write more personal stuff on social, but I will share mm. the most personal stuff on my email list because I, you know, I just feel like why you got to earn it a little bit. You want the personal mm. note, you got to be on the inside. <laughs> right, right. So and that's, yeah. I just felt like, what am I, how, like, actually my, I sat down and I was going to write, I was like, oh, I'm doing this election special kind of you can buy my audiobook and get an mp3 of this voting rap which we should end this with i could rap, rap as melania i was going to ask you about that too right right i was because i noticed you do you do rap as melania so yeah. that would be um yeah that would be uh that would be interesting okay. <laughs> would be, Very fun. definitely want to give them a treat to that so okay. um Great. yeah <laughs> I and so i sat down to do something that was more it was going to be more hey buy this thing and then i'm like that is not what we're all feeling right now we're not in the mood mm -hmm. for that mm -hmm. right it's rough right now right no yeah. it is no it is rough it's yeah it's a it's a tough time and so laughter seems to be the medicine that actually you know keeps people from going yeah. over the edge right <laughs> yeah absolutely and then i like people do buy the stuff you know people do it's not like people don't buy the stuff it's just that I mean, you have to be like empathetic to your audience. Like they're not in the mood to hear like, buy my audiobook," which is actually very good, by the way, for listeners. We actually have, okay. we have like, I did that all used all of my characters for the different voices of the people in the audiobook. So I highly recommend it. Some people mm -hmm. say they like it better than reading the book, but um, you know, mm -hmm. just, you can't like, you want people to buy your stuff, but also the most important thing long-term is to create community. Right. Right. And, and um, let me ask you this. So what's your favorite book and why? I wanted to ask you that question. Hmm, that's a great question. Oh, let me think. Looking on this way, my bookshelf. Um, looking at my bookshelf. Um, well, I could say two books I really liked, enjoyed. I guess what I'll say, um, one book I really enjoyed recently is 
Wangari Matai's autobiography mm -hmm. because she was someone who was working towards helping with environmental conversation con conservation in Kenya and mm -hmm. was this unstoppable force but so positive and whimsical mm -hmm. and it was nice to see that like you don't have to get bogged down by how hard it is and like my god they were trying to stop her at every turn mm -hmm. and she just kept going and i thought just felt really inspired by that wow that's interesting huh okay also anything david sedaris wrote is my i love and makes me crack out crack up on trains planes on wherever i am i'm reading that and i'm just like on the floor it's he's so funny Hello? Uh -oh. Hello? Hello? Lauren, can you, yeah, yeah, can you hear me? I got you. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So we were, we were uh, talking about your writing style. Oh, I didn't hear that. Okay. Can you repeat the question? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was asking about your writing style. Like, is it, is it, cause it seems to be whenever you impersonate Melania, it's not mean spirited. Um, uh, cause you mentioned, um, a couple of your favorite books that you read and you mentioned David Sedaris. And so it's, uh, how would you describe your writing style? Because it seems to be you're, you're positive and yet you add that sort of slice of satire into it and it seems to be somewhat whimsical, but then there's always something, at least in when I've reviewed your stuff, that it actually is something I pull out of it. I don't come away feeling bad like you're bashing Melania. So, so what's your writing style? Like, you know, like when you sit down and put pen to paper or hands to keyboard, um, you know, what's your approach when it comes to you know, getting your uh, program together. Yeah, thank you for saying that. I, it's always good to know like what people are responding and how they're responding to my work. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I don't, I just kind of call it as I see it. And mm -hmm. I think if it makes me laugh really, really hard and, and you know, you're thinking about um, a lot of what I come up with is absurd and weird and that's <laughs> my taste and my aesthetic and that's okay and I was made to feel bad about that for a really long time but that's what I like and that's what I do and you just gotta like you know people are gonna want to cater your stuff to be different and you know no you just gotta do what you're gonna do mm -hmm. so right so and you just mentioned something you said that you were you know uh an outsider and you were different and in your words weird and you were made to feel bad about that uh, explain you know give us a, an explanation or uh what that period was like and how you turned that into a positive and is that one of the impetus for who you are today how did you address that challenge because i believe in this day and time that we all have our different challenges especially being you know in seclusion we're left to sort of deal with ourselves right yeah. Um, with less of distraction. So how did you overcome? Did you see that as an obstacle? Did it, did it, you know, did it motivate you to 
you know, um, how did you sort of attack that, that level of negativity? Well, I think the part of it comes from time and starting to look at, wait, why don't they, that really it's understanding that people don't like you based on them and they're going to say stuff based on their experience. And so understanding that like if someone gives you a suggestion that's going to lead something to becoming a dramatic piece of stagecraft <laughs> they probably don't get it and i think like i had one thing really um one thing just kept coming is that i would have projects that i would change to make mm -hmm. other people happy and mm -hmm. then i realized that like that wasn't my original vision and to be re and that if you need to have people who believe in the original vision or else the thing is going to go sideways mm -hmm. and so that really is prompted me to i'm very careful of who i work with i make sure they believe in me and the project mm -hmm. and so you know that's that prompted me to kind of make those distinctions and then make it as a strength and just so much, so much work I did. One person I have to give a shout out to is Diana Valentine. She helped me through this a lot in her work with super conditions and thinking about like, you know, how, how I see it and what I'm doing is going to be different. And just hearing back from my people as well. You know, they're just like, oh, this is different. I'm like, really? Because it's just how I think. I'm not trying to be different. It's just gotcha. my worldview. Who you are. So, yeah. just, so, your, so your comedy is an extension of who you are as a person and those things that make you who you are. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. Um, so that, that this, thanks for sharing that. Uh, now I've heard people say that comedy's hard. So what's the one thing you wish you had known, um, when you first started out? Cause I believe it takes a lot of courage to get on stage and just put it out there. Right. So, um, What's the one thing you wish you would have known as you look back over your career and go, if I had known this in the beginning, I would have done X or Y. Um, I think um, well, yeah, what I said about working, work with people who believe in you and mm -hmm. get rid of people who don't. And that that's one huge thing. I also wish I would have just said, like Sandra Bernhardt says, like just there's too many people doing it. You just got to say what you want to say and just leave it at that. So you just put it out there and let it go. Yeah. Yeah. Say gotcha. what you got to say. Mm -hmm. If people don't like it, tough. Now you mentioned one person and I'm going to ask you for maybe two more. You can, you know, you can list all the ones, but uh, who in your, in, in who are the three people that have been the most influential to you either in life or in your career? I mean, Diana Valentine has been, I mean, there's time, but so many lucky to have so many great mentors. Um, Pat McCorkle has been a wonderful mentor in the business. She took me in to be an intern at her office or casting office. And I learned a lot about the business from her. I was so great. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. It was so great. <laughs> and so I got to give it to Pat for taking a risk on me. And she's still, she was just writing that she's proud of me. And I'm just, that just means the world. So, um, you know, that, that's one other, a one mentor. Um, there's so many great people. Lynn Singer is another person who is an acting teacher who helped me become an artist. Right. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. That, that really is interesting. And so what's, what's, um, 
Now I know you're again you're developing Ivanka, but what are some of the other things that um, like where can people find you? Like how are you doing during the pandemic? Um, how are you? Is is are you? You know, I'm. I would imagine with social distancing that you know live uh, stand up maybe somewhat limited. Are you still doing live stand up or have you really just taken it all virtual? It's all virtual. So everything's online. Okay. You can find me um, daily on Instagram. I'm posting a bunch there and mm -hmm. at Lauren Logie and you could find me, um, join my tribe, my email list. We do lots of fun things happening and I do get personal and try to lend you some support. Mm -hmm. you know, um, and that's basically what I'm doing right now. And just planning for maybe the spring. Yeah. Maybe right. The spring to tour. <laughs> yeah. Right. Ah! And hopefully the spring. Right. So, uh, I, I gotta ask this question. Is there another book in your future? And I if so, so, yeah. You know, what would the general topic be? Well, this whole thing, like what I know about someone by impersonating them, might become a thing. Mm -hmm. So it might be um, Ivanka Trump, what I know about inside Ivanka, what I know about Ivanka by impersonating her. It might be a lot of things. I don't know. Um, so that's it. Or it might just do a book of satirical essays. Um, mm -hmm. I like writing polemic a lot. And mm -hmm. so though those take a really long time for me to write. And it's like a, a synthesis of a lot of thinking and it only ends up being like two pages. But I don't know, maybe something like that. I'm not sure yet. We'll see how November goes. I think that's going to be kind of a big deal in determining. I want to leave all this and I just want to go back to like fun, light characters. There's a lot mm. of darkness in them. I mean, there's a lot of darkness mm. in a lot of my characters, but I just want something lighter. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. So if you, who is other than Mary Poppins, because I, I can't imagine um, anyone lighter than her, do you have your eye on any other characters that uh, can see us through this pandemic? I want to work on this guy named Francesco Ferrari. And I want him to be someone who immigrated to Italy from Italy to the United States, like in 2000 or something. So he's like 2010. <laughs> he's like a new Italian immigrant. Right. And I've been wanting to work on him for a while. He would just be like whimsical. Yeah, again, whimsical. I just light, right? Whimsical. Hey, everything is big and, da, 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 and just happy. And he's right, one of those right. happy go lucky fools around the world. Oh, funny. You mean Francisco Ferrari is in the car? As in just a guy's name I made up. I just had oh, this Francesco okay. Ferrari's been in my. So it's not a, a impre impression of someone. It's just a guy in my head. He's been wanting to come out for a while. And is that, <laughs> and that how characters come to you? You you sort of create them from. Uh, you sort of create them from an idea you have, and then you build upon that, and then you give it either as a go or a no go. Often it's a person, and then I take off from there. Gotcha. Okay. 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 And so as we, what, what else would you like our listeners to know? I'd love to do them the rap. What would you like our listeners to know about you that you haven't shared as of yet in the interview? Um, well, most... That they should come hang out with me on my Instagram. <laughs> 
<laughs> and my email list. Join my email list at laurenlogie.com. I just feel there like you go. it's the best way for people to, if you're looking, if you feel like an outsider, like I got you. I got you, girl. Come on over. <laughs> and they can join your tribe by going to laurenlogie.com. And, exactly. And exactly. The yeah. Okay. And the same handle that's on YouTube. Yeah. And TikTok and Instagram. Everything. Twitter. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd love to leave you guys with a wrap. Yes, absolutely. So it's all yours, Laura. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. So my publicist wanted me, me to be more relatable. So I wrote a rap. And to be even more relatable, I'm going to do it even without the beat. Okay, ready? Ready? I'm, I'm going to snap my fingers. Ready? Ready? And five, six, seven, eight. There's so much drama in the Washington, D.C. It's hard for Melania with the double Ds. But I somehow, someway keep coming up with stupid bebeshes like every single day, May. I kick a little sense to the Dems and make a few comments as I breeze through 2020. Brum's term still going cause too many stay home. Scrum social media to make big waves cause they ain't changed until you get in their space. So what you gonna do? Shiz, he got lots of robot trolls and the Russians do too. So turn on the light and open the door or don't complain to me no more. So we got to organize with this. Jump up, get out, get everyone to listen. Marching down the street, holding signs with witty and ironic sayings. Maybe we'll take it back. They mind on the votes and the votes change their minds. Marching down the street, signing voters. Talking to moderates will definitely take it back. They mind on the vote in this White House, but I've been crazy my mind. <laughs> Thank you, Snoop Dogg. Thank you, Gene. Vote in 2020 so and get me out of this White House of garbage. <laughs> and I am Melania. <laughs> Folks, you have had the pleasure of listening to Convenient Lauren Logie. You can find her at laurenlogie.com uh, on her website, on her TikTok, on her Instagram. We would love to have you back. You're just a pleasure to talk to. Thanks for sharing your story with us. And um, of course. Well, we look forward to talking to you soon. And we wish you much success and safety uh, during this time. Thanks you for too, keeping Jean. us laughing. Please, yeah, be safe, man. Okay. You too. All right. Okay. Bye bye.